0: Good morning. I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ, and that is who we are here to worship. And I invite you to stand, to, if you're able, to sing with us number 225. And we're going to sing verses 1, 2, and 5.
1: Go, church, and lift your voices. Christ has. and king verse five We acclaim your life, O oh Jesus Now we sing your victory Sin or hell may seek to seize us, but your conquest keeps us free. Stand in triumph, stand in triumph. We're Christ, the risen
0: King. Sing to God. Sing in praise of his name. Extol him who rides on the clouds. Rejoice before him. His name is the Lord. A father to the fatherless,
1: a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling.
0: God sets the lonely in families, He leads out out the the prisoners prisoners with singing, but but the the rebellious rebellious live in a a sun-scorched land. Sing to God, you kingdoms of the earth, sing praise to the Lord, to him who rides across the highest heavens, the ancient heavens, who thunders with mighty voice. You,
1: You, God, God, are are awesome in your sanctuary. sanctuary. The God God of Israel gives power and and strength strength to his
0: people. Praise Praise be to God. God. You may be seated. And let's turn to song number 105. 105. 220.
1: I serve a risen Savior, He's in the world today. I know that He is living, whatever men may say. I see His hand of mercy, I hear His voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he's always here. He lives, he lives, Christ, Christ Jesus, Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. The world around me I see his love and care And though my heart grows weary I never will despair I know that he is leading through all the stormy blast The day of his appearing will come Jesus lives today, he walks with me and talks with me along life's snares Rejoice, O Christian, lift up your voice and say Eternal Hallelujah to Jesus Christ the King The hope of all who seek Him, the help of all who find None other is so loving, so good and kind Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He
0: Let's pray. God, we come before you this morning having sung great affirmations of faith in your resurrection and in your power, in your presence with us. But as the words of those songs also acknowledge, we grow weary, our hearts grow weary, and we are burdened by our fears. Sometimes we doubt you will help us. So we pray that you would forgive our lack of trust. And we speak our faith that we will not despair even in the stormy blast. We will cast our cares on you because you are the Lord. You are the God, our Savior, who daily bears our burdens. You are a God who saves and from you comes escape from death. Amen. Through the death of Jesus Christ and his resurrection from the dead, our pardon is bought, fear has no place, life is worth living, and the future is full of wonder. So please stand to sing number 213, Because He Lives. We'll sing verses 1 and 3.
1: God sent his son, they called him Jesus. He came to love, heal and forgive. He lived and died to buy my pardon. An empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because He lives, all fear is gone, because I know He holds a future, and life is worth the living just because He lives. see the Just because he lives.
0: God, we stand as we offer ourselves to you. We have uh, looked towards the future, knowing that you are making it wonderful for us. Even in the midst of our hardships here, we look ahead to what you have planned for us. And so, we, in faith, and because of your generosity, also offer ourselves, our money, our time, our bodies back to you. Receive from us our worship in all these ways. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Our scripture reading this morning is from Acts chapter 4. Acts 4 verses 23 to 31.
1: On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God.
2: Sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our Father David.
1: Why did the nation's rage and the people's plot in vain
2: Now Lord, consider their heart threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. After they prayed,
1: the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the holy spirit and spoke the word of God boldly.
2: Amen. Good morning. Ah, please bow with me as we dismiss the little ones to Children's Church. Dear God, we thank you for each and every one and the children of our congregation. We pray that as they go to Children's Church now, that they will have a wonderful time. That they will learn new things about you that will stick with them all their lives. We pray for the teacher as well. Give them the words to say and the perseverance to say it. We pray also for our service, Lord. We pray a blessing on it. pray these things in your name. Amen. All right, children, children's church, that way, I think that there might even be a Noel hiding in one of those rooms back there. I got a thumbs up. All right, if you have your bulletins on you, now is the time to pull them out. There's a couple things on here. First, prayer meeting, Wednesday, 2 p.m. Hope you can make it out for that. It's here at the church, always a good time. Thursday, then 7.30, is girls' Bible study. That is going to be at Bethany's. Then Sunday 9:45 Sunday school and 10:45 a.m. worship service. We have Cassie Schrader with us to share all of the things that she is doing, uh all of the wonderful things that are going on at YFC. So, I hope you can make it out for that. Skipping down Uh, April 17th the Austin and McGregor MCC annual meeting at the Austin Hall. I want to make clear that this is open to everyone so if you are interested in what is going on at MCC and what they are doing in our community that is where you want to find yourself and also if you have any ideas of who would make a good board member uh, come prepared with that information as well to share there but April 17th 7 30 p.m. at the Austin Hall open to to everyone and april 23rd so that's next sunday uh 7 p.m music with wayne unra and the east side choir i know the east side choir and wayne have been busy practicing already they are sounding really good they are excited to be back at it that is going to be for the benefit of turtle mountain bible camp it's going to be at the mcdermott drive alliance church in brandon uh, if you need a ride, there is still a sign-up on the back table. We have a couple names on there, but feel free to put your name down there if you need a ride. And so, I hope that you can make it out to that. That's going to be April's uh, Music in the Church Night. We'll be with Wayne and uh, the East Side Choir. It's going to be a sing-along, so get your vocal cords all loosened up as well so you can make sure to belt out those classics alongside with them. So April 23rd, 7 p.m. If you need a ride, put your name down and I'll get in touch with you as far as when we're meeting to go. All right, April 25th, celebration of willing helpers. That's not this coming Tuesday, but the Tuesday after that's for all of the ladies at the church at 7 30 p.m. I'm not going to say anything more about that because there is an announcement about that coming up right away Uh, so I'll skip down April 29th at 2 p.m. there's going to be a baby shower for Rihanna and Carlos Herrera here at the church that's Rihanna Hodges their baby is due in June and it is very exciting news Uh, there is also another baby shower that is coming up soon but we will announce that one a bit later All right, is there any other announcements? I know there is at least one.
3: Good morning. As a follow-up to the uh, April 25th celebration of Willing Helpers, we're looking for um, pictures. Do you have any pictures of things that have happened at Willing Helpers? Um, There has been some quilting pictures, but they seem to have disappeared. So if you have any pictures, also, if you have any memorabilia, um, things maybe you've made um, during Will Helper's events, if you can let Diana write or myself know, that would be great um, in the next week. Thank you.:
2: All right. Any other announcements? Then let's go into a time of prayer. Uh, the first off, Henry Buchert. Henry Buchert. He's been sick and in the hospital since. Monday. Does anyone know if he's made it out? I just he is
1: home
2: now. Oh, that is wonderful news. Uh, we want to continue praying for him as he gets better, uh, but also, oh, that is wonderful news that he is out now. Uh, next, we want wisdom for the upcoming church board meeting. That's this coming Tuesday. And also, prayer for our guest speaker. So, with those things said, let's go into a time of prayer. Dear God, we come before you this morning, this first week after Easter, first off, in praise of you. We praise you for the news that Henry is out of the hospital. That was a bit scary when he went in, and so we thank you for this news. We thank you that he is home, and we pray for continued healing for him. We pray that he will continue to regain his strength, that he will continue to regain his lungs, that he will soon be right as rain. But Lord, we thank you that he is home now. God, that we certainly pray in praise. God, we also want to pray for praise for our congregation. We thank you for every one of the people that comes here, and I thank you for each of them. Lord, everyone comes with something different. Everyone comes with a different history, a different story. And together, it is just a wonderful, wonderful demonstration of who you are. God, as we continue on as your church, Lord, we pray, help us to find the voice that comes from that and help us to live it out to the town around us, to our neighbors. Help us to live it out, to build your kingdom here in McGregor and North Norfolk and the area around us. Lord, we have so enjoyed seeing how you have guided us to do that so far. So, Lord, we pray continue to do that going forward as well. And a part of that, Lord, we pray for our upcoming board meeting. Lord, these administrative things, they they are how things keep ticking, and we pray for your wisdom there. We pray for your wisdom on the decisions to be made, on the discussions to be had. We pray for your wisdom even in ways that we don't even know that we need to ask for it. So this we put before you as well. Lead us to where it is that you need us to be. And God, we want to bring before you also our guest speaker this morning, Josh. We thank you so much for the ways that you have been in his life. And we thank you for bringing him here this morning safe and sound as well. We look forward to hearing how you will speak through him now. God, all of these things we bring before you and we place them at your feet. In your name we pray. Amen. I'd like to ask Josh Ford.
3: Good morning. If, uh, if I was on reserve, I would say this. I would say, Tanse, Josh, Natis Nakasin, Asche CP Nina, Kleefeld, Wigan." And then lots of people would laugh because my Cree isn't very good. But I would say, hello, my name is Josh, and uh, I'm from Fisher River Cree Nation. And they currently live in Cleefelt uh, Manitoba. And, uh, it's just a real privilege to be here this morning. I thank you for your invitation and your hospitality. My family is not with me this morning. It was, uh, some of our little ones are just getting over a sickness. And so there was some, uh, adventures last night, um, but we thought it would be best if they, some of them would stay home with and rest. I bring greetings from Steinbeck EMC. It's our home church, my family and I. And it's just really neat and good to connect not just with other EMCers, but to connect with other followers of Jesus uh, in, a, in a different location. So thankful that we live in a time and a place where we can travel and do this. And finally, I bring greetings from the community at Steinbeck Bible College. I have the privilege of working there. I'm the community life director and Indigenous student advisor for the college. And it's just uh, an incredible joy of mine to be able to walk alongside many young people as they set aside a time of their life to uh, form and make a foundation of, of following Jesus, loving Jesus, growing a conviction of why Jesus is worth following. And it's also just a, a, a real highlight to be able to uh, serve as the Indigenous student advisor, to walk with students who are coming from all sorts of communities, to become equipped, to, become, to come be discipled and mentored, It's not that long ago that the name of Jesus and not that long ago that education was used as a weapon against our people, against my people. And so I give God so much glory that we live in a time when he's raising up my people, our young people, to become equipped and to serve serve us in our communities. Some of my uh, one of my Cree mentors, he or OG Cree mentors, he uh, sometimes we joke about this that it's a, just an interesting time that we live in, Josh. That now Cree people are being sent as missionaries to Mennonites. <laughs> but uh, anyways, it's it's good to be here. I'll open and pray and then we'll we'll get into the text. Dear God, we thank you for your love for us and your grace. We thank you for who you are and what you have done. I pray as we look into your word that you would illuminate truth for us. And I pray if there's anything that I might say that won't be beneficial or true for the building up of your people here, that it would be forgotten. And only things that are useful for the encouragement and the building of your people, that they would remain so, the text this morning is from Acts chapter 4, and uh, it's specifically 4.23 to uh, 31. It was read during uh, the earlier part of the service. And before we look at the text, it's, I just want to kind of talk a little bit about the context of the book of Acts and about this specific chapter here. So, Acts was written by a man named Luke. And he's the same author as the book of Luke. In the first few verses of Luke, he says why he set out to write. So Luke wasn't an eyewitness of Jesus, but he he gathered and he interviewed and he investigated the life of Jesus. He did this through uh, interviewing those who were eyewitnesses. And he he carefully, meticulously interviewed them and, and did research and he put together the book of Luke. And so the book of Luke is a detailed account of the life of Jesus. And likewise, Acts, also written by by Luke, is a detailed account of the early church. Uh, In in some ways, it's kind of like part two to the book of Luke. But instead of the detailed account of Jesus' life, now it's the detailed account of of how the followers of Jesus formed the early church. In Acts chapter 1 we there's an event here where uh, Jesus gives his final commands. He he has he's been raised from the dead already for uh, about 50 days or so, and he's appeared to his followers and instructed them and 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 given some final final teachings. Uh, and then his followers watch him ascend back to heaven. The disciples are the, now they're called apostles. Uh, so in the book of Luke, they're called disciples, which means kind of like they're they're students. Uh, Jesus is the teacher. In the book of Acts, they're referred to as apostles. Now they're now they're leaders, but they choose someone to replace Judas uh, in chapter two. There's the the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost, and by the power of the Spirit, the the apostles now they they preach and and thousands of people come to follow Jesus, like three thousand in one day. And then in chapter 3, there's, a, there's an event or there's an occasion where Peter and John, uh, they're, they're on their way to the temple to, to pray and, and perhaps to, to preach. And they encounter a lame man there. And the lame man asks them for money and they say that we don't have money to give, but, but then Peter just heals him. And so then this lame man, he, he gets up and he's just so full of life and energy and joy. And and it, it causes quite a commotion at the temple. the The people around the temple see that they, they recognize this man. They see this man who has been uh, lame for for years and years and years, and now he's healed. And the and the it's a wonderful opportunity for Peter to to proclaim the good news of Jesus and to point to Jesus. But the religious leaders and those at the temple there, they're called Sadducees. They see this, and they're they're, they're alarmed. They're, see, they're really hoping that when Jesus died, that this whole Jesus movement, this Jesus following would, would die with him. But something quite on the opposite happened that when Jesus died and he was raised again, this movement of people following him really exploded. And so these religious leaders, they, they placed Peter and John under arrest. They put them in jail and then they question them. They interrogate them. And they ask, who are you doing, in what name are you doing these things? And they have this, uh, again, another opportunity to point to Jesus. And to give glory and bear testimony of Jesus. And they would like, I'm sure that they would like to have them killed too. But they're afraid of the people. Because now there's, uh, up to this point in the book of Acts, there's at least 5,000 people who are following Jesus in Jerusalem. And so they're a little bit concerned that if they do something, perhaps if they kill these men, then they'll cause a riot or something. And so they threaten them, they command them not to preach anymore, and then they let them go. And that brings us up to our text here. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. I think it's just, uh, sometimes when I read this, this story, I imagine what it would have been like. I imagine what, what, what I would have done in their situation or in their shoes. And I, I wonder if, you know, if I had just been arrested, and if I had just been threatened for following Jesus, and then I went back to, to uh, and if I got released, and I went back to, uh, you know, the other followers, some of them are new followers, some of them... Some of them have only been following Jesus probably since the chapter before. I don't know that I would tell them that, oh, hey, I just we were arrested and we were threatened. I, I might want to keep that secret because I don't know if I would want to alarm anyone or make them afraid or help them or maybe cause them to question whether or not this is something that they want to do. But, but Peter and John, they're, they're so convinced of who Jesus is and they're so convinced of uh, uh, his power that they go back and they share all these things to them, and then when the believers there, they hear the accounts. It says uh, they raise their voices together in prayer to God. It's uh, again, it's it's fascinating these the, the response of these believers. You know, they don't. Their first action isn't to protest. Their first action isn't to to argue or to fight. Their first actions are to bring to God in prayer the events that just happened. And then Luke writes, he says, This is how they begin their prayer. Sovereign Lord, they said, You made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Again, I look at the context. Peter and John were just arrested, threatened jailed and released, and they go and they give this account and then they pray, and, and their prayer doesn't begin with, God, why don't look at us, look at our need. Or, or their, their prayer isn't, God, could you squash the enemies? Or, or God, could you give us favor with the authorities? Or God, could you work a miracle so that we'll, we'll be safe now? But their prayer begins with acknowledging how powerful and how sovereign God is. I also think it's quite interesting that these two these two men in particular, Peter and John, it's not that long since they were quite quite kind of violent men. Uh, just, uh, you know, maybe about three months previous to this, on the night when Jesus was arrested, it was, it was Peter who was bearing a sword and attacking the, the, the priest's servant. And in the book of Luke, uh, in, in chapter 9, Luke records this interaction of, of, of Jesus traveling with his disciples and, and this one city who rejected, rejected him. And, and John says, should we call fire down from heaven to destroy these people? And, of course, Jesus, like, silences him. And so now these are the same men who, who have now interacted with the risen Lord Interacted with Jesus as he's been raised from the dead. And they are completely transformed in every way. And so they begin their prayer acknowledging who God is and his great power. They continue and say this. They continue in their prayer. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Sometimes this is a little bit surprising when we were reminded of this. Sometimes sometimes. Sometimes we uh, have this perhaps idea that the Holy Spirit actually was only active after Jesus ascended to heaven. But the Holy Spirit has been active uh, since the beginning. They make that acknowledgement here. And then they pray something. They pray something from the Psalms. They pray something from Psalm chapter 2. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Again, this is a quotation from Psalm chapter 2. Before we look at it, it's kind of important to understand a little bit about the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms is a prayer book and a song book for the ancient people of Israel. And as we were singing you folks were singing songs from this, this hymnal here. A book filled with, uh, there's prayers, there's songs in here, there's some uh, benedictions in here. And then there's also, uh, 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 in the table of contents here, there's a, a list of, of psalms, or I mean of, of hymns, sorry, that can be sung at certain occasions. So I'm sure that at Christmas time, we at least at where we attend. At Christmas time, there's hymns that we sing that are pretty unique to around Christmas time. There's also hymns that we sing at Easter. And there's hymns that we often sing at funerals. In the same way for the people of Israel, the book of Psalms has different types of psalms in it, different types of songs. And Psalm chapter 2 is called, is a, a royal psalm. It was written by King David or written by David and it was a song that the people of Israel would sing when a new king would be coronated. It would be part of the ceremony or part of the coronation. They would sing the psalm and in the psalm there's a proclamation of how powerful the God of the king of Israel is. And there's a rhetorical question in there about it's Who can stand against the God of the King of Israel? All the kings of the earth, not even combined in all their might, are enough to stand against the God of the King of Israel. The other kind of classification of Psalm chapter 2 is it's also considered or called the Messianic Psalm. That is, the people of Israel would would read Psalm chapter 2 and they would be reminded not just of their king now, but they would be reminded that, that God promised the people a future king. A future king who would be all-powerful. A future king who would be righteous. A future king who would save the people and, and reign forever. And of course, that future king is Jesus. And so the, the believers here, they, they pray this psalm. And then they go on to add in, this, in their prayer, they say, Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. In their prayer here, they're, they're kind of they're saying, they're describing the events of Psalm 2, that how the kings of the earth would rise up against God's anointed one. And then they're describing who those people are. It's it's King Herod and and Pilate. And the Gentiles, those are the people who are outside of the people of God. And then they add something quite, quite, uh, quite profound or quite important. They also add, and the people of Israel in this city see, it wasn't just the, the foreign uh, kings, it just wasn't the pagan kings, it just wasn't the rulers of the earth and those outside the family of God who rejected Jesus, but it was even his own people who rejected him. Verse 28 goes on and says, They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Jesus' death and his resurrection was not, or, and his death was not an accident. His death wasn't, wasn't the enemy winning. His death wasn't, uh, you know, the, the success of here of the kings of the earth. Jesus' sacrifice is something that was planned from the beginning. Jesus planned and knew what was to take place. All throughout the Gospels, we see that Jesus giving uh, clues and hints and even saying it straight, what was to happen. Though, of course, no one would really truly understand it until they would see him crucified and risen again. And then the believers, they continue their prayer. They continue and say, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. And uh, I, I, every, when I read this, I'm still anticipating at some point to see these words, and God, silence the enemies, or God, and save us from their threats, or God, uh, bring us protection, but, but it never appears. Instead, their words say, now, Lord, consider their threats For the followers of Jesus here and for, for Peter and John, who had been transformed so powerfully, it was enough for them to know that the God who is the creator of all things, the sovereign Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, and has seen all that is in them. If they if that God is aware of their situation, then that was enough confidence for them. If God, had, if God was aware and considered the threats of their enemy, then that was enough for them to continue. And then they make this request. They say, enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. And it's a little bit ironic, and it's, it's almost a little bit humorous. Because the very reason that Peter and John were arrested in the first place and the very reason that they were threatened in the first place is because of their boldness. Uh, and throughout the, the remaining book of, book of Acts, we see them get in trouble because of their boldness. And yet this is their request. Their request is to uh, that, yeah, that they would be enabled to speak the word with great boldness. They were so convinced that Jesus, this risen Jesus, was the fulfillment of, of Psalm 2, but not just of Psalm 2, but of all of the promises of the Old Testament. And that they were willing, so much so that they were willing to, to endure this, this, uh, these threats and this danger. And their prayer was that they would be able to speak with even more boldness. They continue their prayer with another request. They say, stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. So one of the things about the book of Acts is that uh, book of Acts, as I mentioned earlier, Luke is writing to give a detailed account of what happened in the early church. So he's he's describing the things that are happening in the early church that there are are some parts of Acts that are not necessarily instructive for us, but they're describing what happened. Kind of like perhaps in your homes you have some, uh, some of you have books of history or uh, you know, biographies or those types of things. You read those books much differently than you read, let's say, a a how-to manual or a cookbook. One of them is a set of instructions that you need to follow. Another one gives you an account of something that has happened, tells a story. Both of them are useful, and both of them uh, are beneficial, used in the right way. And so one of the things in the early church, and one of the things, uh, and we saw this, we see this in chapter 3, that the apostles, they have this, uh, from time to time, they have this power to do miracles. Miracles. And these miracles give um, credibility to their message. See, at this time in Acts, there's, there's Jewish, Jewish people from all over the Roman Empire. They have pilgrimed to the city of Jerusalem. And many of them have never heard of Jesus ever before. Uh, many of them probably never, uh, inter- they certainly never interacted with Jesus. They had come here for a, a festival. And they, now they're hearing the message. But they're, they're hearing the message and they're seeing the apostles perform some of these miracles. And these miracles are, are causing the people to believe. It, gives, it gave credibility to their, uh, to their message. And then this section ends with, After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. <clears throat> this uh, one of the things that I I try and do when I'm reading when I'm reading the text, I try and understand or try and and, and look through the lens of, of the writer and look through the lens of the, aud- the first audience. Or or how would it how would a Jewish person in the first century what would they hear? When they, when they heard these words and the place was shaken. And I think, perhaps, they're reminded of Mount Sinai. They're, they're reminded of when God rescued his people from the land of Egypt, when, when they're brought across the sea and they're brought before the mountain of God, Mount Sinai, and when they're given the law, and when God's presence, when God descends upon the mountain. Genesis, or uh, Moses writes writes about this. Uh, not in Genesis, sorry, but Moses writes about this, and it's this. Uh, there's this powerful. There's these clouds and thunder and lightning and and shaking. And the psalmist, uh, and throughout the psalms, they recall this event a, a, a couple of times. Uh, and so Psalm 68 refers to God's presence. God's presence bringing an earthquake or a quake. And that, that theme occurs a, a couple of times in the Psalms. And so when, when Luke writes here, he writes and he describes in the place where they were meeting was shaken. What, what, what's happening here is that, that God is responding to them in a way that they understood. God is responding to, and saying that I am here. I am with you. I am, <clears throat> I am among you. And as I mentioned earlier, that parts of Acts are descriptive in nature. They're not necessarily instructions. And I've been, I've been at many good prayer meetings, and the place was never shaken. There was never a quake, an earthquake, or anything like that. And that's not to say that God wasn't present at those times. But again, this part in Acts here... Luke is describing something that happened and, and how God spoke to those people in a way that they understood that God was with them. And then this, this ends here and it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So God wasn't just, didn't just respond with, with affirming his presence but he responded with, with empowering them and he responded by answering their prayer that they could speak the word of God boldly. And as I've reflected on this, on this text, I, I, I think that we live in a time that is, has similarities to this time. One of the similarities of this time is that the leaders... The kings of the earth and the governing authorities, they were totally opposed to the message of Jesus. I think we live in a time like that, where our governing authorities, where our our ruling powers are also opposed to the message of Jesus. I think we live in a time when, similar to this time, when speaking the name of Jesus or bearing testimony of Jesus can get you in trouble. And I I specifically, I think about my experience and the experience of many other indigenous followers of Jesus. Many of us, we face accusations from our own people. Accusations that say you can't be Christian and be Cree at the same time. Accusations that, that say that all those terrible events that happened in history now Josh, you're you're joining them. Or people say, you know, this religion that you follow, Josh, this is the this is what was responsible for the destruction of our people. We live in a time where the society and and pop popular culture is contrary to the message of Jesus. And so I think one of the things that we can we can uh, apply from this text to our lives is perhaps the prayer of the followers of Jesus here. Prayer for courage, prayer for boldness, prayer that when we have opportunity to respond to the world or when we have opportunity to respond to the people in our lives who who give us chance to respond to them that we would be bold. Peter, one of the characters in this text here, just near the end of the New Testament, he says this. He says that in 1 Peter chapter 3, he says, And always be ready. Always be ready to give an account, or always be ready to give the reason for the hope that you have within you. Some people have have taken that text, and and they've become really kind of uh, zealous people with that. A few months ago, there was people in Steinbach, and they were, they were holding up signs in the intersections with really uh, quite alarming things written on them. And I was at the intersection there reading it and I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if this looks very much like how the disciples lived. And I think they missed a part of what Peter addresses there. He says, he, he, he says when asked. When asked, always be ready to give a reason. And then he, end, he adds to the end of that, he says, but do it with gentleness and respect. And in the book of Acts and in the chapters previous to this, we see that the disciples are, when they're interacting and when they give testimony of Jesus, they're doing it in response. That people are asking why or how did that man get healed or, or in whose name are you preaching or why are you doing these things? And that's when they give testimony. And so my hope and my, my, my prayer for you folks here in McGregor, as you interact with people in your life and at your workplace and, and, and in your schools and in the, the places that you live, that you would be ready to give an account for the hope. And, and why do you follow Jesus? As, a, as someone who, who I work in a, at, at a school, so I think it's appropriate that I give you folks some homework. So, this is the, the challenge that I have for you folks. Perhaps today or in the week, in the safety, I, and I, if your home is safe, in the safety of your home, share with each other, why do you follow Jesus? Why is Jesus worth following? Consider it perhaps practice for that time when you might be at work or you might be at a, a, in the marketplace or wherever. And when someone asks you what you did on the weekend or, or why did you go to that service or why are you a Christian? Perhaps then you will have boldness to respond and give glory to God. Dear Jesus, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for your grace. I thank you for your people who are gathered here. And I pray that you would give them great courage. I pray that when they have opportunity to point to you, that you would give them a great boldness to share what you have done in their lives and to share why you are worth following. We pray knowing that you are the creator of the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in it. We know that you are with us, you are in us, and you go before us. May we be people who, who like the early church here. May we be people who are filled with confidence and courage. Amen.
0: Thanks for that, Josh. And in response, let's sing... I know that my Redeemer liveth, and uh, the words are going to be on the screen for you, and uh, that's part of our motivation. We have a living Savior. Jesus is with us, and so we can be courageous.
1: I know eternal life he giveth, that grace and power are in his hand. I I know, I know that Jesus liveth, and on the earth again shall stand. Shall see him by and by I know I know, I know I know that Jesus liveth and on the earth again shall stand I know I know, I know, I know that life He giveth, that grace and power.
0: For the benediction
2: i was getting so excited about that last verse for the benediction we have the book of numbers may the lord bless you and protect you may the lord smile on you and be gracious to you may the lord show you his favor and give you his peace go forth and serve our lord
1: I know my mansion he prepareth that where he is, there I may be. Oh wondrous thought for me, he careth, and he at last will come for me. I know I shall stand I know, I know